I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so excited to be sitting down with you today. I am going to give you a heads up here that this week's episode is going to be the last one of the year before we take two weeks off and then I will come back with a brand new episode for you on January 5th. I don't take too much time off of the podcast. I might take a random week here or there. I think my last week off was back in September when I was doing some traveling and I just wanted to be super present with my family. And you'll notice that whenever I do take time off of podcasting, it's usually when I want to be intentionally more present in my life and with the people around me. So we are about to enter the holidays. So Christmas is coming up and then New Year's. And for my family, at least we spend a lot of time together. And I just really love that about this holiday season. And as we all know, the holidays only come once a year. So I really love just setting some time away to be super present with the people around me. So I'm going to be seeing my clients just as usual, but I will be taking two weeks off of podcasting. But it's going to be tough because I am going to miss sitting down with my mic every week and recording these episodes and these intros for you. So I thought we would just take some extra time today to chat about some things. I want to share some exciting things with you that have been happening behind the scenes in my world and just talk about a few different things. So... First up, the big news that I don't even know at this point if I've shared this on social media like over on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else. I'm recording this intro on Monday morning, December 13th. And this podcast comes out on December 15th. So it's a little ahead of time. So I may have announced this on Instagram already. But if not, you are the first to hear about this. And I promise I will share more with you in the new year. Maybe the very first episode in January, I'll share all about it. It will be one of our solo mental health check-in episodes on January 5th. So that will give me a lot more space to go deeper into this story. But the big news is I bought my first home. Scott, my boyfriend and I, we bought our very first home together and we were are so, so very excited. We get possession this Friday, so at the end of this week. 
and I just cannot wait to have the keys in my hand and open up the door and go in there once again because the last time we actually saw this house was back in October. So I am extremely excited and I've been wanting to share this news with you for such a long time. So that's a lot of the excitement happening in my world. It has been such a process and like I said in the next episode in January, I would love to share more with you all. So I might um, put a question sticker over on Instagram. You can send in your questions for me or if you have any questions that you want me to answer about the whole house buying process and things like that and just how excited I am about the house, you can always shoot me an email at hello at megdoll.com. So that's what's been happening in my world, but I do want to take some time right now to introduce you to our guest today. She is such a sweetheart. I love her so much, and I was actually on her podcast a while back. This week, we have Rory Cassandra on the show, and her and I talk all about the balance or balancing the masculine energy with feminine energy for eating disorder recovery. So that's what Rory and I have in common. We've both, actually we have so much in common to be honest, but in our backgrounds, we have both struggled with eating disorders, overcame eating disorders. And part of my journey actually was very much realizing that, wow, I was so operating in the masculine energy And then when Rory and I were preparing for our show and kind of talking about different topics we could talk about, she brought up the feminine energy and how it played such a huge role in her eating disorder recovery. And as soon as she suggested that, I was like, yes, please, because this was a huge player in my recovery as well. So we talk about that. And then as we were recording the episode, you'll hear us both discover that We are both going through the somatic experiencing practitioner training right now. So I talked about this a lot back in August and September because I completed my very first level of somatic experiencing therapy practitioner training at the end of August. So I have been integrating this into my work with my clients, and I'm so excited about this three-year program that I'm in, but as Rory and I were chatting and recording this episode, we realized that we're in the same program, and she's starting her journey this coming February, so I'm so excited for her to get started because This training program has been so incredible for me. I have been integrating somatic therapy practices into my coaching with my one-on-one clients for years now, but I'm so excited to be certified and really fully equipped in this type of therapy. And if you are 
one of my one-on-one clients working with me inside Back Home to You or doing some type of monthly one-on-one coaching with me, you'll know the power of somatic therapy. And if this is something that interests you, I promise in January, I am going to record another episode. I'm actually going to be completing my second course in somatic therapy at the beginning of January. So I plan on spilling all the tea about the goodness of somatic therapy in one of our upcoming episodes for January. So keep your eyes open for that. Keep your eyes and ears open for that because this is a podcast after all. And you'll be listening to me share all about the goodness of somatic therapy with you. But if this is a type of therapy that does interest you, I just thought I would share that I do have two spots open for one-on-one coaching with me right now, whether that is through my 12-week coaching program, Back Home to You, where we have 12 incredible weeks together where I integrate somatic therapy into our coaching sessions and throughout the modules, or if you want to work with me on a monthly basis, reach out to me. You know where to find me. I have all of my work with me type of info in the show notes. So just scroll through the show notes and feel free to reach out at hello at magdahl.com or my website at magdahl.com. But I think that's all the rambles that I'm going to share with you today. I feel like I've been taking up this intro, but I really wanted to share that really exciting news with you about the house. So like I said, you might be the first to hear this news if I haven't shared it over on Instagram yet. And that's all from me for this year, my friends. Thank you so much for sticking with me for another year. We are close to 200 episodes and I just can't thank you enough for tuning in every week. And I know a lot of you have been listening to this show from episode one. So I have so much love and gratitude for you for being here with me since the very beginning of things, but also so much love and gratitude for all of our new listeners as well. So I'm just sending you all the love this holiday season and just know I am here for you. I am thinking about you and I love you so very much. I will see you January 5th. Hey, Rory, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. We've been planning this for over a year, it feels like. Seriously, I think it has been. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that we finally, our schedules aligned and that I'm here. So thank yeah, you absolutely. So pumped to have you on. So I think a lot of my listeners might be perhaps meeting you for the first time this week. So if they are and just getting to know you now, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about you to get us started. Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, it's so nice. I'm uh, I'm a podcast host myself, so I'm so used to interviewing. So it's uh, it's fun to be on the other end. But um, yeah, so thanks so much for having me. Um, and basically what I do in a nutshell is a couple of different things. Uh, I'm a functional health coach. Um, so I work a lot with, 
you know, root issues. Um, and also my own business is really based around emotional health and mental health. So I, I work a lot with women in terms of stepping into their most authentic self, stepping out of disordered eating patterns, relationship patterns, all that good stuff. So really just looking at the person as a whole, um, health was definitely a big way I got into it. I had an eating disorder, um, after playing division one lacrosse. So, um, really the eating disorder was just my mechanism for, for coping. So after learning that, after digging into my emotions and my mental health, I, I realized that and was able to step outside of my body, um, and view it as my vessel rather than something I just manipulate and control. So that was really my biggest catapult into this work. And I, I now help women really uncover themselves and who they truly are in the same way. So beautiful. So both you and I have had eating disorders in the past, and that really is what brought us to where we are today. And yeah, I knew that about you. And something that really stands out to me about you and the work that you do is the work around mental health and emotional health and the way you talk about that and help other women with that. So I just love that about you. But something else that you talk a lot about, and I know this is an interest of yours, is speaking about feminine and masculine energy. And I'm just curious because throughout my road to recovery, full recovery, um, actually of getting my period back, I really had to start looking at like my feminine energy more than I ever had in my life before. So I'm just wondering like if that aspect was also part of your eating disorder recovery journey or if that kind of totally came afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, beautiful. I think uh, the the ebb and the flow of the masculine and the, the feminine was just a little bit, I guess, around my backstory. Um, and it sounds similar to you a bit, but because I was so controlling and I grew up in a household, you know, in the patriarch, in a very masculine dominant household, um, it was go, do, succeed. It was very logic-based and action-oriented where I didn't feel safe to just be, be as I am, right? So that's what kind of drove my eating disorder was not feeling safe in my body, which meant not feeling safe in the feminine, not feeling safe to soften, to surrender, to trust. So I think the one, the way that you do one thing is the way you do a lot of things. So that was something that I really needed to allow into my life to really heal. And as soon as I started doing the emotional healing, I mean, you really have to sit with those thoughts. You have to slow down. You have to tune in. So the feminine is kind of forced upon you, if you will, but it's also how I built my business. You know, I didn't want to build a business that was so based off of the masculine, so based off of you know, go do, you know, make money, right? I wanted to do it from this place of authenticity and sharing my story and connection. So to answer your question, yes. And it's shown up in my life so much. And I've noticed that I feel safest when I'm in my feminine. And what that feels like in my body is my throat is open. My chest is open. I'm open to receive. Uh, and I can tell when I'm in alignment with that or when I'm not based on, how I feel in my body and also the interactions that I have with other people and how I'm interpreted from other people. Yeah, I love that so much. And it just makes me so happy that you integrated it into your business as well, or 
that was kind of like the focus of when you were starting your business, you knew that it had to embody this feminine energy. And I so feel that and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that later. But I have a lot of listeners who have eating disorders or disordered eating and they might be going through recovery right now and I do think embracing our feminine self and that energy is so key for recovery and I really don't think we have an episode about embracing the feminine energy for recovery on the show so You did a lovely job at just kind of giving us an overview of the fact that you did incorporate that into your recovery, but like, what could that look like for our listeners? Like, how would they even get started? Maybe we can even talk about what the masculine looks like versus the feminine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, a couple of things that you said that I, I definitely want to touch on. Um, one being, so I am actually going back to school uh, to deepen my somatic practitioner. So, so it's a three-year. Oh my god, really? I'm in the three-year program. <gasps> oh my god, when do you start? I started just a couple weeks ago. Oh my god, with um, SEI. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. I start in February. <laughs> yeah, and I I was on the waiting list since February and it just kind of happened really in such a cool way because she told me that I would find out if I was accepted by June. June came and went so I followed up with her I think like July 1st and I'm like hey any word and she said that I was so close but not enough people like dropped off the wait list for me to be accepted So I was like, okay, I guess like, you know, it's probably not my time. And then a week before module one, she reached out and was like, Meg, there's one spot left and it's yours. So yeah, I just went through like the module one a couple weekends ago. Beautiful. I love that. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to know that so that we can kind of, uh, connect about that that too. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you've probably talked about that, I assume with your listeners and just in terms of like, what is somatics and why it's so important. Um, but I really do think it's such a foundation of, of the feminine, right? I think a lot of women similar to you and I, it sounds like, um, food and working out and their body is this, this coping mechanism, right? Just like alcohol, drugs, right? But it's, it's worse because you face it every day, right? And you have no option. You have to eat, right? You have to feel yourself. You have to have a relationship with food, right? Right. Whereas you don't have to like interact with alcohol or drugs every single day. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Every two hours you're hitting the face with it. But so I really think you know, something that was really difficult for me and that I help clients with now is if you're, so eating disorders can obviously create this dissociation from your body. It doesn't feel safe to be in your body. Um, I work also a lot with clients and I've been a victim of sexual assault. So if that also has happened, you can also create an even deeper dissociation, right? So sometimes to say, to get quiet and be mindful can be really scary if we don't trust our body, if we don't feel like we're really in tune with our body, right? So I think to start off is start to bring presence to your, to your everyday, to your moments, right? So how can you, um, 
when you're thinking about food or you're anxious, right? You're in the future. When you're depressed, you're thinking about the past, right? So how can you bring yourself into this present moment right now? How can you put your feet on the ground? How can you take a deep breath into your chest? Just look around and scan your environment. I see my dog laying on the bed. I see the sun outside me, right? Bringing yourself into that present moment is automatically going to regulate your nervous system. And to me, when I think of the feminine and somatics and our nervous system, they go hand in hand because the feminine is slowness, is stillness, is surrender, is trust. We need to feel safe enough to do that. And you asked about kind of the masculine and the feminine, and I can talk a little bit about that, but there's the polarity within them. Um, and you can't have one without the other. And just to be clear, it's not, um, it's not, gender-based. Everyone has both. Everyone has a different balance of both, different polarity of both, but you do need both all in all. Right. So it's not about always being in the feminine, but having this balance. And I think, yeah, for overcoming eating disorders and recovery, like there, I know reflecting on my past, there is very little feminine energy in my day-to-day life. And it felt so good welcoming that energy back in. Right. And it was exactly what I needed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a way that I like to describe it in terms of masculine feminine is think of like a visualization for your listeners is think of the masculine. So you're looking at like a cup of water. Think of the masculine as the cup. It's the container. It holds the feminine. The feminine is the water. Without the cup, she's nothing. She flows, right? So that would be like the wounded feminine. The wounded feminine is like very flighty, not like can't make plans, can't follow through, can't keep her feet on the ground. Whereas like a wounded masculine is very ego-driven. He's not very grounded. He's not responsible. Um, So, you know, he can't offer support. So I like that visual because it just shows you the cup is just a cup, if not, right? It's just a cup sitting there. It's not being used, but with water in it, there's that beautiful dichotomy, right? There's that beautiful polarity and that back and forth. And really when you look in a relationship standpoint, there's that flow of masculine feminine between, you know, whether it's heterosexual, whatever type of relationship it is, but there's going to be that polarity and the masculine has to hold that feminine and has to ground her and make her feel safe so that she can fully express and fully be who she is or who that energy is. I love visuals and that was yeah. a great visual. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of, you know, my mind's filling with questions, of course. So I would really love to kind of describe what having that balance of the masculine and feminine energy might look like specifically while recovering from an eating disorder mm-hmm. and then in different scenarios that we can get into. But yeah, if we were to just specifically focus on that balance throughout an eating disorder recovery program, like what would that look like? Or maybe what did it look like for you? Yeah. Balancing like the masculine and feminine. Right. And I think, um, what, what keeps coming up for me is just like the art of letting go, which can feel really difficult if that's not something that you do, if that doesn't feel safe, right? But I think what typically gets us into an eating disorder is too much holding on to this plan, right? Whether it's a workout plan or it's an eating plan or, right? So there's so much rigidity against it. And I think being 
you know, recovering from that as, you know, in the feminine energy looks like more curiosity, looks like asking your body what it needs, right? So I think really waking up and not racing to the gym, but being slow with yourself, having a still morning. Are you meditating? Are you dancing? Are you opening up your hips, right? When I think about my personal, you know, eating disorder was a lot of gym oriented. I was in, I was in bodybuilding. So it was like this rigid, very structured plan. And that's what the masculine is. There's a ton of structure. It's very rigid. You know, there's an outcome. So kind of stepping away from that and just being curious of like, what is the possibility and softness, right? So you might want to do some things that um, allow the feminine to come out, whether it's, you know, dancing or going for a walk or more slow movement than rather like high intensity or rigidness. Um, I think getting away from such a structured plan would be my first piece of advice. And that can be really, really, really hard because that can be the thought of what you know to be true, right? And it's gotten you this far. And to step into the unknown is extremely, extremely scary. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. But that's kind of, I think, where you and I both get deeper and do that deeper type of work with our clients for sure. Mm -hmm. So Moving through eating disorder recovery, obviously you're fully recovered now, but still throughout your day-to-day life, finding that balance with the masculine and feminine. So I'm just curious, like on a daily basis, what does that look like for you in your life and not business related? Cause we yeah. can get there. <laughs> totally, totally. So I think, um, so I have noticed because I'm in the functional health space, there is, um, there's obviously a big relationship to your energy, your mood, your strength based on where you are in your menstrual cycle. Are most of your listeners women? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. So I feel good and saying And we talk this, about but. periods all the time. Okay, great. Great. So if this, this might be a repeat to some of your listeners, but just kind of an overview, right? You have two phases of your cycle. So you have... Um, you know, the follicular phase, and then you have the luteal phase. So follicular is the day you bleed up until about the day you ovulate, day 14, 15. And then the luteal is, you know, ovulation until you bleed again. And what happens in that first phase is estrogen is rising. So estrogen's rising, you might want more carbs, you might have more energy, you might be more extroverted, you might want to hit more PRs in the gym. And then as soon as you ovulate, you get a spike in, in estrogen, and then it drops quickly. And then progesterone will come up. Progesterone is also like it's similar to like GABA or L-theanine. It's very calming. So you might need an extra hour of sleep. You may not want to be as social. You know, you may not need to go to the gym. You want more fatty, comforting food. So I noticed that my energy, because I have a normal cycle after, you know, years of working on that, my energy is heavily correlated with that. But with that, also keeping in mind that that itself is a masculine paradigm, right? It needs to look this way and that way, right? So on day 16 of my cycle, if I'm supposed to be feeling more tired, but I have a shit ton of energy, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do what I need to. And I think that's having those frameworks in mind is helpful, but not identifying so deeply with them, right? So I think day in and day out, I really like a big question I always ask myself is just like, what do I need today? What does my body need? What does my mind need? You know, um, I set my schedule based on kind of where I'm going to be in my cycle, just because I do know that my energy, you know, is synced up pretty deeply with it. Um, But that's one way is just asking yourself a simple question. Like you open your eyes in the morning. 
What do you need today? Whether it's working out, whether it's food, whether it's socialization, whether it's, you know, a bath and a book or a glass of wine, whatever that is, but be open to let your body tell you rather than your mind. Yes. And this comes up all the time with my clients. This is actually one of the biggest struggles that they have when we start working together and their biggest goals is to not be so in their mind and start to be more in their body. And that is a perfect example of shifting from such masculine energy into feminine energy, just like feeling into what our body needs. So curious on the day of this recording, what did that look like for you today? Like, how were you feeling today? Where are you at in your cycle? Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm at in my cycle, I believe I am a little before ovulation. So I have a good amount of energy having some personal things go in my life. So my heart is really heavy. Um, so I've done a, a lot of opening my heart, like physically thinking about like sending light there, sending space there, doing yoga poses that open up my chest, very vulnerable tears have come out. Right. But letting them come out. I think what happens too with the feminine is based on the way that you grew up, based on the way that society has been. I think we're shifting a lot right now. It's quite beautiful, but there's a lot of judgment around the feminine, right? So sometimes I'll give my clients feminine exercises and it'll feel really unsafe in, in one way, right? They're, they might feel a lot of judgment come up, right? So I think allowing just to do that, right? Like when I first started to dance and open my hips and open my chest, like that can feel really different and new, but that's you judging yourself, right? So can you just do it without judgment? So for me today, it looks like, you know, opening my chest in the morning, taking my dog for a walk and getting sunshine the first 20 minutes of waking up. And then I worked out, you know, and then I had a really nourishing meal afterwards. And I've kind of just been cruising all day. I have a good energy, kind of steady energy level, but yesterday was not that way. I had to cancel client calls. I had to reschedule client calls because I had to put myself first. I had to care for my heart. So I think that's also part of the feminine. Like how can you show up for yourself? And, you know, especially as an entrepreneur or somebody that works for yourself, like you are your first client. You need to take care of yourself when you're serving other people. Yeah. So. Gosh. Sounds like we're having kind of a similar week for sure. I'm actually ovulating right now. Um, so tons of energy today, but yeah, yesterday I actually sent out an email. I run a book club and I was just like, how can I just clear some space on my calendar for myself this week? Because really feeling like I need to do that. And so yeah. I was just like, this thing can just go for this month. It's fine. So Good. yeah, just tuning into yourself and really showing up for yourself in the way that you need. So that's how it's been looking for you on a day-to-day -day basis. And I really love what you said about your business, how you've integrated it into your business as well. So, and you kind of shared, you know, um, treating yourself as your first client, but in other ways, what does the masculine and feminine energy look like in your business? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I am not a systems type of gal. Um, I just, it's just, it's just not my forte. Um, so I think for me, it was outsourcing that. How can I hire somebody? How can I hire a VA for um, backend creation on my programs and um, admin stuff, right? Like that's not my forte. So first, first of things, like as a business owner, it's like outsourcing what you hate to do, what's going to bog you down, right? 
And the feminine, you know, building my business, it's, I'm my own boss and I know how my energy plays out. So for instance, I have all of my um, clients on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And then I leave Thursday and Friday for more creativity if I need to reschedule somebody, but I always leave Friday open um, for anything that comes up. If I need to, you know, write up something, if I need it, that's a check-in with client day. So that's just the way that I like to operate. And that is, I'm choosing into that. Right. And I also know that that can change. Right. So part of the feminine and the masculine, and I think it's both of them, right. Cause the feminine is flow, right. Remember that cup and that water, but the masculine holds it. Right. So I know that I like the flow of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm also open to that shifting in the future if I needed it to. So, you know, that's kind of how I approach my business in more of this flowy, open way and less rigidity. And I'll be the first person to outsource stuff that I don't really um, love doing because yeah, this is my baby. I want to love every piece of it. And it's, you know, entrepreneurship is, is a little hard in that way. There's a lot of stuff you have to go through and, and hoops you need to jump through. And um, yeah, so asking for help is a really big one. Definitely outsourcing helps so much and it's going to look different for everyone, right? Because some of us are going to enjoy some things and Otherwise. other business owners won't enjoy those things. So yeah. yeah, you just have to tune into what you need to outsource. So um, I had a question, just give me a sec, and I totally lost it. And I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I feel like so much of what you're saying resonates so deeply with me. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm saying this all the time, too. Curious if you know your human design type. <laughs> yes, I am a manifesting generator. Okay. Manifesting generators yeah. are so great. Yeah. And there's like so many different things. Um that I feel like just help us confirm who we already are. I actually had a, a natal reading the other day. So like, you know, your sun, your moon, your rising, and then kind of like diving into where you are, like where the stars were when you were born and everything he said, I was like, yep, yep. So it's just like, it kind of just like confirms who you are at your core. Um, but of course that can look differently for everyone based on you know, how you grew up, the experiences that you had, right? The way that it shows up is, can be different, right? I'm sure somebody was born at the same exact time I was, um, but we might have lived totally different lives. So I, I really like, I mean, it's a whole different conversation, right? But it's like that nature versus nurture. Um, it's just really cool to think about and how everyone is, is different based on childhood plays a lot into it. Trauma plays a lot into it. Um, experiences, things like that. Yeah. So one of the things that you have brought up a few times is the fact that okay when we are ready to just like let go of certain things for recovery eating disorder recovery that can be really difficult and scary right like there's so many things that we do throughout our healing journey that can be really scary or feel like we're losing that control right and that does have to do with our past traumas so I I've worked through traumas in my own way and I help my clients do that um, through the way that I've learned to do them. Curious how that showed up in your life and how you've worked through those when things were really scary for you, yeah, right? Yeah. Instead of just being like, okay, this is too scary. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And we know that it's not as easy as it sounds like, oh, I'm just going to do it even though I'm scared, Right. So right. what were some of those practices that really helped you? 
Yeah. I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm going to try to answer as concise as I can, but I think the first thing that to, to remind everybody about is that like your process is your own. There's no timeline. It has to be done in. There's no, you know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. So just knowing that it's day by day, right. You might know where you want to be, but you don't have to get there tomorrow. Right. So you know, a lot of my work was I had to befriend my body. I actually hated my body and I was working so hard against it. So kind of like coming home to that feminine, you know, and something that I really like that I've talked about a few times is just like, I think everyone swings right to the side of like body positivity. And I think before that, like you need to have body neutrality and then body acceptance can come. Right. And it it can be a slow process, right? There are some days where you might Like I still have body image days where I'm like, "Mm, not loving this today and that's okay. And I don't, I don't judge myself for it. It just is what it is sometimes. And, you know, depending where I'm at in my cycle, depending, you know, what I ate for the last week or so. Right. So that's always going to come. It's not about perfection, but some of the processes that really helped me was one befriending my body and two, really thinking about, you know, where did this come from? So, so much of my work has come from going back into my childhood and figuring out where these belief systems have come from. Who are my role models and how did they feel about their body? What did my dad and brother say about my body when I was a little girl? Um, how can I rewrite those? How can I tell myself that that's not true? It's just what happened to me and I absorbed it and now I get to re- release it. Right. So it's so much of like rewriting those belief systems. Um, And kind of digging into that and really, and it's really vulnerable. It's really scary. And it takes time to integrate and to really get clear on, okay, this was my past. This is how I've been acting based on that experience. And how do I rewrite that? Patterns can be hard to rewrite, but you can do it. You know, everyone is capable of change. And I think um, having just like that growth mindset and really knowing that you're capable And support, support is so, so, so important. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't ask for help. Right. Yeah. So was it your family members, friends, or professionals that were really big supports for you? Like what stands out for you? Um, I had a coach. Um, I had really good friends that I could lean on and process through. Um, yeah, but I've, I've always really had a coach. Um, that's always been my thing, whether it's been a business coach. And like I said earlier, like the way you do one thing is the way that you do everything. Right. So, you know, your relationship with money is the relationship you have with yourself and the relationship you have with others and the relationship you have with your body. Right. So, um, you can look at one thing, but know that everything is super intertwined with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree with you um, about going back and really understanding the relationships our parents had with their bodies and the people we grew up with. You know, where did these stories come from? Where did these beliefs come from? And that's really focusing on kind of the biography of things, right? Like we're focused on the past. And I know with you and I both getting into the somatic therapy Mm -hmm. training, it's really more so focused on the body and the biology and what's happening in our nervous system. So what is, I'm just curious because I'm going into the training too, but um, what really piqued your interest in that? What, what, what called you to do that? Yeah. um, I believe that everything is stored in the body. So for me, um, 
when I started looking at my traumas, when I started looking at my emotions, my body completely shifted. It had nothing to do with my workouts. It had nothing to do with what I was eating. It had everything to do with how am I regulating my nervous system? How am I allowing myself to feel safe and release what isn't mine? So the more I tune into my body, the more aligned I am. And I just realized that every has trauma. Everybody does. So everyone has trauma, right? If it's big T, if it's small T, whatever it is, it's it's not about the trauma. It's about the event that happened and how your nervous system became dysregulated. It didn't close that trauma loop, right? So that's what has me so interested. And we is we live in a very, um, everyone's walking around with their own experience, their own trauma. And the more that we can connect to ourselves and connect to our bodies mm-hmm. and feel safe, you know, the happier that person's going to be. And therefore we're going to have a, a happier, better world to live in. Yeah. Beautiful, Rory. I feel like I could chat with you forever. Obviously we have so many similar interests and I do have another question for you that I ask all my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, this episode was perfect for that, but to be unbreakable, um, is not the same thing as being perfect. Right. So also allowing yourself to fall down and get back up, which again is so much of that feminine is so much is that inner trust that listening to your intuition. So I think being unbreakable is also knowing that even if you do break, you're still going to get up. You're still going to have your things together. And what's on the other side is even better from where you left off. And, you know, it's happening. It's happening for you, not to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I really enjoyed it so much. And I know our listeners did too. So where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you over on social media or wherever you are? Yeah. So, um, social media, Instagram is where I hang out. Just like everyone, I'm sure. Um, it's at Rory Cassandra. Um, I also have a podcast called hear me roar where I have guests on and I also have uh, solo episodes. And then I also have a program, a four month intensive that is somatic based and one-on-one coaching as well. So amazing. So we have all your links in the show notes. So all of our listeners can go check you out there and give you a follow over on Instagram. Yes. Where we all are. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rory. This was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.